Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Now we are in a series uh, called Romans 12. We're actually walking through uh, the, the 12th chapter of Romans, and uh, this is part two. If you've missed part one, you can go back and listen on our website, podcast, our app, uh, anything, YouTube, and uh, you can find it there. And uh, some of this is important. Part one is, is actually pretty important to part two. So if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and check it out. And I'm going to read to you uh, verse one and two, Romans chapter 12. It says, therefore, I urge you. And we talked about this last week, but wherever you see a therefore, you have to ask what it's there for. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Another translation says, this is your reasonable service. In view of God's mercy, whatever he asks of us is reasonable. Now, verse 2 is where we're going to hone in on today. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I'm going to speak from the subject, display discrepancy. And we talked first uh, on our part one uh, through the lens of mercy. And so this part two is display discrepancy. And the reason we called it through the lens of mercy, if you were here last week, you remember, we talked about, and the scriptures begins with, therefore in view of God's mercy. So it's saying, looking at all that God has done for us by sending Jesus to us, sinful humanity, without a chance, God says, I'm going to send Jesus, and that was his mercy. Now, in view of his mercy, giving us an opportunity at eternal life, in peace in this life, in view of God's mercy, offer your life as a living sacrifice. Now, if you don't have God's mercy, this will be done out of religiosity. I got to do it because God asked me. He wants my life. I got to be a living sacrifice. But in view of God's mercy, this is not duty. This is gratitude. So now I, I get to serve God, and in view of God's mercy, this seems reasonable to me. Now, part one connects with part two or verse one connects with verse two because now it says do not conform to the past so it starts giving us some do nots now if you don't have the lens of mercy on you're going to start get religious again in view of God's mercy do not conform any longer does this make sense so we got it no matter what we look at throughout the whole chapter 12 of Romans, we have to have the view or the lens of God's mercy. Paul is the writer of Romans, and he writes beautifully all throughout this book. Chapter 1 through 11 is about our Christian doctrine. Chapter 12, it takes a pivot. It just turns a corner because it's all these things that God has done in reaching us, sinful humanity, our ability to, to interact and have a relationship with God through salvation, and we believe, and we confess, and we are saved. And then chapter 12, it totally changes gears, and it begins to talk about what we should do. So it starts out saying, in view of God's mercy, now the rest of chapter 12 is instructions for Christian conduct or the way that we should live. And if you're not careful, if you lose view of God's mercy, you will judge this incorrectly. So I want you to just put on the lens. Last week I put on sunglasses to illustrate this. And then I watched back on the video and I looked 
ridiculous on stage with my sunglasses, so I'm just going to just do it just, you know, for show, okay? Just put on the lens of mercy. And um, I, I got this computer up here because I want to show you something, uh, and I want to illustrate something uh, about a display. Whatever is displayed on this computer is not its own brain, all right? This display does not have a brain of its own. The display pulls from the content that is already on this computer, the display can only display what is contained in the computer. That's, that's, that's the way it works. That's, now, I'm not like a major techie, so um, I'm not like pretending to really understand how everything works. I just know that I'm not going to display anything that I have not contained or I have not pulled down from the cloud. Okay, so there's only two ways that I can display. I either got it internally or I'm pulling it from somewhere externally. But the display does not have a mind of its own. The display is bound or enslaved to what's on the inside. This thing is not going to just go rogue and and, and throw up a game other than the Seattle Seahawks versus St. Louis Rams this afternoon. I'm just, I knew it would get quiet in here. Um, For you, maybe, this is not going to throw up any other game besides Dallas Cowboys with the Green Bay Packers this has playoff implications. I'm just going to tell you, in case you're a Cowboys fan, didn't know how important today's game is. It's very important. Um, we're praying for you. It's still your year. Uh, anyways, uh, it's, it's early. It's early. This is only displaying what is already contained. It's not going to go rogue. And I'm just going to tell you this, and people really battle with this, but you will only display from your life what you already contain. Your life is not going rogue. And all of a sudden, you're just like, you're just kind. It's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Like, no, there's kindness in you. You're also not losing your temper and kicking your door in and then telling your wife, like, I don't know where that came from. Like, no, that came from you. I, I hear people excuse their own behavior all the time by saying these words, like, I don't know what... My goodness, where did that come from? That just snuck up out of me. Man, I just, where, oh, what did I say? My goodness. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just in case anyone was wondering where that stuff comes from, it has to come from somewhere. You, you ever heard that phrase, uh, there's truth in every joke? It's, there's some truth to that saying because there's truth in, in every joke. We, we joke about things that have an element of truth in them. And when we operate or when we display something from our lives, it is not something that is not already in us. It is just our external display is showing what it, it tells on us. My temper tells on me. My frustration tells on me. My, my impatience with life tells on me. It does not say, well, Dustin, wow, we know you're a good guy. We don't know where that impatience came from. No, the impatience came from somewhere. And I got to deal with that. See, I think that in our world, we're really caught up with dealing with fruit and neglecting root. Is, 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 is we want to go after what, we want to go after what caused it. We want to go after what did it. We want to go after the instrument, but we, but we don't go after the heart that is evil or hateful we're, we're grieving with uh, many churches in Las Vegas, in the Las Vegas area. I know, Wiley, you prayed about it already this morning. And we're grieving with our friends, uh, many churches that pass, pass, have, we have friends that are pastoring there. And uh, they have 
people that were victims in the shooting and we're standing beside them and, and all, all of this rage about all kinds of different things. And, and you know what it is? It, it's the sinful heart. That, how could someone, the display is only displaying what is on the inside. And it's a hateful, angry heart. It's sin. In view of God's mercy. See, that mercy is that Jesus came and died for each and every one of us, no matter where we are at. And our heart breaks with, with, with the victims and the victims' families and the churches that are trying to navigate this. And I'll tell you this, it's, it's just, and I, it is a, a real emphasis to me of why we do what we do. As a church, when we sing a song about hope and breaking fear, it is not just something we do or something we say. There is a need for the church of Jesus Christ more than ever before. And in the midst of opposition and in the midst of attacks and in the midst of craziness in our culture and in our world, we need believers. We need churches, life-giving churches that can stand up and be counted. We need our display to show something that the world needs. But the problem, and when we deal with this text, it gets into the nitty-gritty of, of really how we do this and who we are. And it starts out by saying, do not conform. Now, this is interesting to me, to, to me because I think a lot of people think that they don't conform, but they're actually conforming. Right now, we have a whole movement of people that are saying we are nonconformists, but they're conforming to something else. It's, everybody's conforming to something. It's, it's, I talk to young people sometimes, they're like, yeah, I'm on my own style. My fashion is my own thing. Like, I just, you came from somewhere. You saw something that you liked and you did. You, everybody is drawing information from somewhere that then causes us to think a certain way. This scripture says, do not conform. Conform means to put on the form fashion or appearance of another. It is to try to put on a display that is contrary to what I contain. It is to try to adapt myself or to make myself look like something that I'm actually not. Do not conform. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33, it's, it's, it's one of our favorite parenting scriptures. It says, do not be misled or tricked or misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And all the parents believe in this. Boy, we believe in this. This is right. But the problem is the scripture didn't have an age limit. It, it just says bad company. It didn't say company under 15. It just said bad company corrupts good character. It says that if you're around negative people, you might become negative. I mean, it's just, I, I, I know that's like for all the young people because we're mature enough to just like live right and just to make right choices every time. So this is why we love to shout it to our kids, but it's harder to live ourselves. Did you know, sir, did you know, ma'am, did you know, Alan, did you know, Wiley, that you are affected by the people that you hang out with? If you constantly listen to the person on your job who's gossiping about everyone else, guess what? Whether you like it or not, that poison will begin to affect your perspective. Well, I don't agree with it, but the more you listen to it, the more it will affect your thinking. And if it can affect your thinking, it will begin to affect everything about you. And all of a sudden, you hate that employee as well. 
because how could they? You know what I found out about conflict in the workplace? There's always two sides to every story. Every single time. You know what I found out in counseling? There's always two sides to every story. The Bible actually says this. Every story sounds right until you hear the other side. Bad company corrupts good character. So Paul says, do not conform. When you, you lose the ability to change that which you conform to. If I conform to something, I lose the ability to change it. Most people say, well, I'm going to conform to it, and then I'm going to bring the change from within. The problem is once you have conformed, you become what you conform to, and you abandon or you abdicate your power to change it. The mind's default, your brain's default, is selfishness and depravity. It, I wish that my default was just like kindness and generosity. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's just like my default. Like I just get angry and I start doing nice things for people. That'd be amazing. It's like I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. I'm just like giving out money. You know, it's like, they're like, we love this guy. Make him mad. And it's like, okay, stop. But, but that would be amazing. But our default, our default, the default setting is selfishness. It's depravity. That's why when we're talking to young people, we tell them this over and over again. If you're an intern, you hear it all the time. Is People go into seasons where they say, I just have to find myself. The problem with finding yourself is you set your life in neutral. You allow yourself to coast to a certain position where you end up at, and then you decide that that is truth because that's what you have defaulted back to. But Romans chapter 1 Paul says that we have been given over to the depravity of our own minds, which means if you shift your life into neutral, you will end up at a display that you do not like. You will display a life that you are not content with, that you're not happy with, that you're not okay with, because that is default. So this is why we have to choose. We have to make a, make a, make a choice. It's not just all spiritual and, and, and goosebumps and, and, and sitting around in clouds with harps and, and God just, we're not robots. God just directs us and we do the right thing. Our default is anger. Our, de our default is sin. Our default is doubt. If God's really real, I would believe in him. No, 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 no. When sin entered the world, your default setting changed from faith to doubt. So Paul says, do not be conformed, and then he tells you what not to be conformed to. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. To the pattern of this world, most times in scriptures where the word world is used, it's a Greek word, cosmos, where we get our English word cosmos, talking about the universe, the earth as a whole. But this word aeon actually means this, the current age, like the one you're living in. All that floating mass of thoughts, opinions, Let's just throw in news, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations, which constitute the worldly atmosphere in which we live presently. Because many people have excused this verse as he said, don't conform to the pattern of this world because he's writing to the Romans and it was what was happening in that day. But that's not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, do not conform to the pattern of the age that you're living in. Do not conform to the pattern of 2017. Do not conform to the pattern of Fox News or CNN. I told the first service I used both of them, okay, so no one get mad. Don't conform to the pattern. You can, don't, don't conform to the pattern of 2017. 
And then it begins to go on. But I want to give you this before we talk about what to do. I read this on, in a commentary, and it said, Do not cherish a spirit that is devoted to the world, following its vain fashions and pleasures, but cultivate a spirit attached to God and His kingdom and His cause. I wish my default was to advance the kingdom. But it has to be by design. I have to choose to love God. I've got to choose to have faith. I have to choose to do what's right. I have to choose to be integrous. I wish my default was to always tell the truth, but it's not. I have to choose to tell the truth. I have to choose to have character. I have to choose it. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this age. And then he begins to tell us how. He says, but be transformed. Be transformed. This word transformed is a Greek word, metamorpho, which is where we get our English word metamorphosis, which means a complete transformation. To change your outward appearance so as to agree, that's interesting, to agree with your inner self. You know, Jesus said this. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And most of us, we have duplicity when it comes to what we contain and what we display. Because what we display is really what is truly in us, but we try to mask it by conforming. We try to cover it, and so we've got to disconnect. So what the transformation does is I'm going to try to bring unity between what you contain and what you really want to display. He says there has to be a transformation to change from within, to become like-shaped, to restore the right harmony between you and God. This is the example that's given is a caterpillar that through the process of its cocoon changes into a butterfly. There is not like a magic wand in heaven for every caterpillar that God says, all right, butterfly. All right, butterfly. My son Jude is really into like having different powers, okay? We're praying for him. And so he, he's into this, and so he was having a hard day as a soccer game yesterday, and so he ran off the field, and he goes, Dad, he goes, I threw some of my power at that kid. And I'm like, well, which power are we talking about, son? Okay, can we make sure it's the power, power of God? Okay, and I'm, like, what, what power are you talking about? He, 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 and he, he used a certain power, I'm just not going to say. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the one we're using. All right, we need to use, we need to use the power, uh, uh, we need to use the power of God. But it is, it is this transformation process that we're talking about is the picture of what is in the caterpillar actually coming out. It, from the very beginning, the caterpillar has the butterfly contained within it just hasn't been displayed yet. I got a word for somebody that's here. That you might have looked at your display right now and maybe lost hope or maybe just kind of lost inspiration or kind of given up on some dreams. But I've got some news for you. You might just be in caterpillar form and there's a transformation that's taking place. And that God sees a different display in your future than you do. Isn't that the crux of faith is believing that there's something up ahead that's different than the reality that I'm encountering right now. Isn't that the mercy of God? Is that I don't have to live with the display I have today because I get to be transformed and I can actually have faith that in the future God has something good for me. God has a good plan for me. A good assignment for me. A good purpose for me. Be trans.
formed. Your mind cannot just be changed. It has to be transformed. I don't know if you've ever tried to just change your mind on something. It's difficult to change your mind because your mind becomes set. It becomes rigid, and this is what you believe. Your, your thinking is a combination of how you grew up, how you were hurt, how you were looked over, how you were disqualified, how you were fired, how you were cheated on, how your trust was broken, how you succeeded, your social status. All of those things combined make up the way that you think. And it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Renewed means to act under the influence of the Spirit. I, I can't just renew my mind. It's supernatural. I have to choose to renew it. But the renewing that takes place actually is very supernatural. People believe that, that in your thinking, that you, have, you cause in your brain neurological pathways. Basically patterns of thought. It would be as if you're in a large field and you begin to walk through the field for the first time and you leave a trail behind you. And the next time you walk, you walk on the same trail or the next time you think, you think along that same path. So if you grew up thinking the same thing for 45 years, I'm just going to tell you that path is well-worn. You know, it's, it's harder to build a church in 2017 with people that are, have been in church for a long time. Because the patterns are so well-worn. So people say this, the seven words of a dying church are, we've never done it that way before. Because if you can't change with culture, you will die. That's just the way it is. That's, that, that's the way this life works. If you don't evolve your business, guess what? It's over. If you just want to keep on writing letters and you want to prove email wrong, I'm just saying you are going to be hurting for some business. Now it's a specialty. It's a novelty. That's how you make money with letters now. Now it's a novelty. It's a, spe a letter. My goodness, this is amazing. What is this? How did you do this? I mean, it, it, but if you don't change, you will, you, you will abandon your future potential. So if you've been thinking the same thought for a very long time, it is going to be very difficult to change your mind. And most of us, our thoughts have been developed by the things that we have listened to the most. And whatever that is has made patterns or pathways in our mind. So when Paul says you have to be renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind, this word renewed actually means to make new again. It would be like we're going to mess up the whole field and make it look like no one's ever walked there before. And then you get to map out new pathways. Do you know what patterns of sin are? Neurological pathways. That when you feel stressed, you need this, and so you have a pathway. That's why when you lose your temper, you do that because you have a pathway. But when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, God makes that brand new, and then you choose now a new pathway in which to walk in. The enemy of renewal, of your mind being renewed, is conformity to the world. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, it says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Do not conform. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. 
You ever know your mind has an attitude? Some of them have bigger attitudes than others, but your mind has an attitude. Verse 24 says, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When I put on this renewed mind, it is made, my default used to be sin and unrighteousness, but when I have a new mind, I begin to change and I begin to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. The mind doesn't have the power to receive and detect. It doesn't just have the power to receive and detect. It also has a posture. It has a demeanor. It has a bearing. It has an attitude. It has a bent. Our mind has a mindset. And our view has a viewpoint. And you've got to understand this about your mind is because I know that we are sure as anything will bet anybody that we are right about something. But that could just be what our mindset is. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. So what do you do in a day like today when you got Christians believing all kinds of different things? When you got Christians standing for different platforms and different agendas and different bills and different, different values, but we all love Jesus. So what do we do? We have to come to the point where we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, which is not choosing someone else's platform. It is by going back to the Word of God and saying, I, got a, I have a clean slate. Now show me how I should live my life, how I should walk through this world. Our mind has a mindset, and that mindset is usually based on what we have set our mind on. Mindsets come from set minds. And if you set your mind on a certain negativity, I'm just going to tell you, you will have a mindset about it. If you set your mind on a certain prejudice, I'm just telling you, you will have a mindset about it. If you set your mind on a way that church should be done or shouldn't be done, you will have a mindset about it. You have to be careful what you set your mind on. You know what Paul said? In Hebrews, he says, which if, if I know there's some debate on if Paul actually wrote Hebrews or not. I kind of believe that he did. But if he didn't, the writer of Hebrews, he says this, fix your eyes on Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, set, Paul says this in another instance. He says, set your mind on what the Spirit desires. Or have you ever heard this scripture? He says, think on these things. Think on things that are good. It's like, oh, that's just like positive thinking. Yep, that's exactly what he says. I mean, I don't know why everybody's freaking out about positive thinking. That sounds a lot better than negative thinking. Oh, you're just one of those positive thinking churches? I, I guess. Like, as opposed to the contrary, I, I don't want to be a negative thinking church. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be a negative person. So, yeah, I guess I am a positive person. I guess we are positive thinkers because I'm going to set my mind on what the Spirit desires. So I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. How do we renew our mind? Let me give you three things as we close down. You have to disconnect. You have to disconnect from whatever the source has been that you've been getting the information because you will only display what you contain. I, I was talking with Jamie the other day, and we were sitting around, and, and I was telling her about something that I was thinking about getting, buying, and I had never searched for it ever I'm telling you, ever. I've never typed the words in my laptop, ever. And I'm on my laptop, and we're talking, and I tell her, like, yeah, hey, you, know, you know, I'm thinking about getting one of these. I think that'd be really good for our family. And, and so I look away, and I look back, and on the side of the ad, because I was on Amazon Prime, there's an ad for it on the side. 
And I'm like, they're listening. They're, Turn off everything. Disconnect the Wi-Fi. Shut the house down. I mean, just get to the bunker. I mean, it's like, they, they are here. Like, we are being invaded. They are listening to us. I'm still creeped out about it. I, I, I did not ever enter that. It hurt me somehow, some way. So my immediate response is I got to disconnect from whatever is sending the signal. Sometimes it's so easy for us to see it practically when it has to do with something other than our spirituality. I'm like, if, if this is getting a signal that I don't want it to get, I'll disconnect it, and then it won't display the ad anymore. But we don't want to disconnect from things in our world. But we don't want to have the ad either. You got to pick what you want to be. So what are we supposed to do, pastor? Go like move out in the woods, live off the land? I don't know. Uh, sounds nice at times. But I don't think that's the extremity that we're talking about. I'm saying whatever is feeding your perspective that is negative or is different than what the renewed mind should think about, then you have to cut it out. And I'm going to tell you this. It's different for you than it is for me. And I cannot gauge what I have to disconnect from based on what you can disconnect from. Because if we do that, we're all going to be judging one another. Well, I don't listen to any secular music, but I heard Pastor Cam. I don't know if he does or not. We start, we start comparing. Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't even watch. The only thing I watch is TBN. It's Pastor Ben. That's the only thing he watches. And That's, that's a joke. Love you. Whatever it is, like, but for you, it's different than for me. Sometimes something will make you stumble that won't make me stumble. Sometimes something will make me stumble that won't make. So if I'm not willing to disconnect from it, then I am willing to abandon my control over my display. I have to disconnect. If you don't want to display it, then you can't be connected to it. In the message translation, it says this. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. It's just, I'm not going to drop it. Don't worry. The second thing is you have to download. I got to disconnect, but then I got to change the source of download. What am I downloading? I got to disconnect from bad sources, and then I have to download from good sources. If I want to display something different, I've got to get some different information. And the different information is not just because you watch a different news outlet. That does not make you more spiritual. You've got to get your information from something different. Let me say it this way. Getting information from the world is fine as long as you get your response from the word. You can get your news however you want to get it. But your response cannot come from the world. It has to come from the word. Our response has to be centered and focused completely on what the word of God says. And I'm tired of people being ashamed of what the word of God says. It says what it says. It does not make me hateful to believe what the Bible says. It does not make me biased to believe what the Bible says. I believe it makes me a Christian. It makes me a Bible-believing man of God. And my Bible says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We need more Bible-believing Christians that aren't ashamed of the gospel. We can't just disconnect from the world without connecting to someone, something else, getting our connection. And the last thing is what we'll close with today is what we've been talking about for the entire message is our display. We gotta disconnect, we gotta download, but then we gotta we gotta focus on 
We've got to focus on this display. Your display is your assignment. Your display is what the world sees when they get you. Your display is what God needs from you in this world. If we change what we are connected to, we start getting our download from a different source, it will eventually change what we display with our life. It's interesting, in in Galatians chapter 5, Paul begins to write about the fruit of the Spirit. This is his letter to Galatia, and, and he begins to write this letter, and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, I want you to get rid of the works of the flesh. I want you to get rid of them. Now, most of us would think, okay, if we're not going to do the bad thing, then let's start doing the good thing, right? That's not what Paul says. He says, stop doing the bad thing. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but I want you to connect to a different source. And the result of connecting to a different source will be a different display. He says, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the acts of the Spirit. It's not the works of the Spirit. Be kind, be kind, be kind. No, if I can get connected to the right source, kindness should come. An apple tree is not like apple, 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 come on, please. The fruit just happens. Because the tree is healthy. So when you become healthy and connected to the right source, fruit begins to come from you. The fruit of the Spirit is, anybody know? Love, joy. You seen that on Facebook lately? Peace. Seen that on Facebook lately? I'll leave it alone. Patience, kindness. Actually, I'll say something. I'm sorry. Wiley, I love you. Whenever you post something, I just want you to know this. When you set, when you put your mindset on social media, you separate yourself from someone that has a different mindset. Every single time. And to just have that awareness would save you a lot of battles. Because I think if you met them face to face, you wouldn't say the same thing that you say in your basement. I think that we would be more loving. I think that we would be more kind and more accommodating and we would be even more understanding because behind every political agenda, behind every hateful heart is people that need Jesus, just like we do. And I think if we could change some of that, we might be able to just start changing our world because the the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that I got something in me that's right is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And I start displaying that. I'll start changing my world. The fruit of the Spirit is a natural byproduct of right connection. Now, it's interesting. The Scripture goes on, and this is what we're going to end with. It says, then you will be able to test and to approve what God's will is. Only after your mind has been renewed can you be able to test and approve what God's will is. This actually means this is both the deciding on the will, like deciding what it is, and the choosing to act on it. It's readily recognizing what God wants from you and quickly responding to it. So when I have a renewed mind, I start to get a glimpse of what God has for me, but I don't just see it. I choose to act on it. And then it says, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. The display discrepancy is caused by people who are not tending to what they contain. And they are only worried about what they display. 
That's why Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. We need more transformation. We need people that are transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to see what God's good plan is for you. And I don't know what you came in with. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if this is your first time or you've been coming for years. But I'll tell you this, that if your display doesn't match what God's put in your heart as destiny, you've just got to get your mind renewed because God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up on his plan for you. God has not given up on his assignment for you. God sees you. He loves you. And his will for you is a good plan. It says his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Another translation says this is your right course of action. He says if you get a renewed mind, you will be able to see what your right course of action is. And so I just want to, I know this is a lot as we walk through all of this, but I want to tell each and every one of you, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe this is from the Lord straight to you, is that God wants to change your display, but he doesn't want to do it by manipulating you and you trying to work at it. He wants to do it as a byproduct of an inward change. This is not try to be more happy, try to be more loving, try to work at this more, try to work at that. This is about us saying, I got to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. How do you renew your mind? You disconnect from sources that are poisoning it. Even if it's embarrassing, even if it's extreme, you disconnect and then you begin to download. How do you download? You get the word of God in you. You get the word, not people's opinion on the word of God, the word of God. I can be wrong. Pastors can be wrong. Leaders can be wrong. You got to get the word in you. The word is alive. If you get it in you, it begin to change you. You begin to download that word, and then you begin to watch what God displays from you. And I want to just encourage your faith for a second. When God sees you, he does not just see the, the current version of you. He sees the upgrade. He sees the update. He sees the plan that he put deep down inside of you before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you. He called you. And he set you apart. And it was to do great things and to display his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's the right plan of God. It's the good plan of God. It's the loving plan of God that he has for me and for you. And it happens as a result of a renewed mind. God wants to change our display and he'll do it as he changes our mind. I'm going to have Wiley, your campus pastor, Pastor Steve's going to come to the microphone now and online. We're going to begin to close. I'm going to ask everyone in this place, would you stand up with me? And this is how I want us to just wind down is I'm going to do two things. One is I'm going to give anybody an opportunity just to say yes to Jesus in just a moment. And then the second thing we're going to do is I'm going to pray that God does something supernatural. I don't think church should be a natural gathering. I think church should be a supernatural gathering. I'm going to pray God does something supernatural today. There's, there's just not enough people believing for God to do something supernatural anymore. Even in the church. I'm going to believe God to do something supernatural. And I, I feel like, I don't know who this is for, but somebody, the enemy has tried to lie to you that your display, what you're displaying right now, is your future. I'm just going to tell you God's not done. He's not done. There's a software upgrade waiting for you that is going to change what you display. And it happens as we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.